Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. was nominally a, a podcast about kind of like what it's like to be uh, alive and and be a, a well-educated East Coast, mostly liberal, 20-something man, uh, you know, which is to say we had a podcast. That's what mm-hmm. every podcast is about. Yeah. Um, and we have been steadily transitioning uh, into a fantastical journey inside Pierce's brain. Yes. Which is, is cool. Um, it, it's, I think is not necessarily what we expected it was going to be when we, we started this four and a half years ago, but that's fine. Here we are. Um, and you, you brought up something when we were trying to decide what to talk about this week that I think, uh, we've all been kind of trying to figure out if it's going to make for a fantastic conversation, the dumbest conversation we've ever had, or some combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so why don't, you know, rather than kind of tiptoeing around it any longer, why don't, why don't we just let you tee things off? So I would say first off, this, this journey into my mind is really the same as, as the things you were describing before. You know, uh, <laughs> I, am, I am fortunate and privileged to, at this time, this very uncertain and, and not nice time, to be able to look at my own navel and contemplate my life, as a lot of privileged people who continue to work, continue to work remotely and everything, get to do. And one thing that is a big topic is... Oh, I'm going to change my habits. When when this seemed like it was going to be a short thing, you were like, "Oh, I'm going to start uh, playing guitar, or I'm going to start painting, or I'm finally going to read all these books and and stuff like that." Sure. Um, but there are other habits that are more like, "Let me engage with the ones that I do," and one that that kind of hits close to to home for for this this recording uh, quad you know, quad group, whatever you would call it, quad, quad group. What did they, a quartet, this, this recording quartet, um, is that, um, is that, that for, as we discussed before this, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't an engineer. I don't know these number things, but, uh, yeah, we're supposed to know words. Yeah. I'm supposed to, I mean, nominally, I mean, I was a politics major, not even a political science major. It was just a politics major. So it, it, I just, it, nothing, there's no testing. There's, there's nothing. You just go forth. And, and but one thing that for this quartet that, that comes up a lot as we try to record is uh, Max is like, OK, I can't do anything after seven because I have to start making dinner. Oh, and yeah. This... On Saturday, we were had our a Zoom call and at 930, Max is like, all right, guys, I got to hop <laughs> off. It's dinner time. That is. Yes, that is true. It, it well, in his defense, it may have only been 850. It was it was eight fifty. So and and also one thing that I well, it's just 
it it runs opposed to I think what the the normal idea the norm of of eating dinner is, which is especially in America, seemingly much earlier than that. Uh, you know, much is made of Spain and when they eat dinner, and there are many many reasons for for that. But it got me thinking um, into this almost existent, existential thing of like, wait, you know, why are we eating? dinner when we do and then also the content of the dinner itself and i started to have kind of a a, a hyperventilation of wow is dinner what we do with dinner really fucking stupid and uh so i need i need you to walk me through why i i should come off the cliff and and dinner is is fine or maybe it's not fine but we can do it together well i think in order to do that we have to first understand why you've asked the question yes. is dinner fucking stupid I, and i'm glad you said that so that means that as as we've done recently when we've talked about trucks for <laughs> example we have to define the problem which is so so you, you know as as we currently understand if you're not doing one of those cool diets or eat like every 20 minutes or you're tyler hansborough um you have three square meals a day basically um, so you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast, break the fast after you've been sleeping early in the morning. Lunch, middle of the day, take a break from whatever you're doing. Dinner, you've ended your often your work day, and you mm-hmm. have a meal, and then you go to sleep. And the purpose generally of of animal all animals eating, uh, including humans, I guess, is you eat because you're hungry. And in part, you're hungry because you need energy to do something. But the problem with dinner is you eat and then don't do anything. Okay. So now we've already, from the jump, we've arrived at the thing that I didn't want to say when we were texting about this beforehand because I didn't want to spoil the surprise. You are fundamentally and grossly misunderstanding what meals do. And in order to understand what meals do, we have to look backwards into history. Something that you, our resident government major, correct? Yes. That, that's the term. Uh, politics government. Po- politics not the, government. The... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you took a fair number of history classes, I, I assume. Is, is that fair to say? Yes. Some of them and even I on read... the history of uh, the United States of America. Yes. Yes. Multiple okay. classes. So let's take a trip in the Wayback Machine to a time when the prevailing profession in the U.S. was farmer. You ate breakfast. You ate a gigantic breakfast at the start of the day to fuel you up and give you energy to go out and do a day of backbreaking labor in the field. And because you hadn't eaten anything since the previous night. Makes sense. Dinner's purpose is not to fuel you up for sleeping. Mm-hmm. Dinner is essentially it's to replenish the energy that you then lost. Mm. Think of dinner. You should be thinking of dinner as like the the Gatorade. I was on just your day. thinking, how you yeah. mention Gatorade? <laughs> it, it's like a combination of Gatorade, but also, like, if you think about 
sleep, your nightly sleep, as like a super-duper micro version of like a bear hibernating, mm-hmm. you're, you're stocking up so that you don't, you know, waste away while you sleep. Mm-hmm. It's just that you're sleeping for, you know, five to ten hours, depending on who you are, instead of months. <laughs> but, but you know, dinner isn't like to fuel you. Th- and and so when we were when we were planning this, you kept approaching this from the point of view of like, you know, uh, you have I don't do anything after I eat dinner. I'm like, yeah, I know you're not really supposed to. Dinner is kind of a signification of the end of yeah. the day, and and so. So if we think about our our more agrarian times in the beginning, if we think about that as a starting point for what dinner does, uh, even as we started to get into like our grandparents' generation, to like the forties and fifties, when farmer was no longer like the prime job, uh, dinner started to take on a different meaning. And it signif- it's more of a symbolic purpose as like a way to bring the family back together at the end of the day. And like a signification of time to wind everything down. So Well plus you can enjoy like fancier meals together as a family. Sure. You don't you're not like brown bagging something to work or whatever. Yes, but well well let's Put, let's put a pin in that because there's a, another really important consideration sure. to that uh, that that we should talk about later. But I, I so I, I think that just from from the premise, it's important as as you say to define not just what dinner is, but what dinner does. And and mm-hmm. so I think that I think we need to start from a common understanding that dinner is not meant to like you know fuel you up for nighttime rock climbing or anything. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I mean, I, I quibble with with as as the work we do has changed, like that we need uh, dinner in in the capacity. Uh, oh, I, mean, I agree. T- I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and and so I think it's important to to pause. And and since Max is apparently eating dinner later, you know, walk us through your your habit, your methodology here, because I'm I'm not. I'm not. It's it's less. I'm against the timing, but more just the the as you went to Sean, the purpose of dinner. So Max, enlighten us with your with your, uh, you know, especially coastal views. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a few things to to figure out there, um, and just because of what I currently do, that doesn't mean that I'm advocating for that to be what other people should do or even what I should do. Um, <laughs> What I'm getting at is like I, I don't I'm not suggesting that nine o'clock is the ideal dinner time. It just sort of is what it is. Um, so I I don't eat breakfast. Um, I usually wake up and drink coffee, and then I usually have my first meal, which is lunch, probably around today. It was around three o'clock. Um, and then we have dinner around maybe eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big factors there that someone brought up so. Right now, I'm actually up in in a, my own, you know, NBA style bubble with family, um, in a vacation house on a lake in Maine. And so, one thing that's a big factor here, first of all, we're we're alternating making dinner, so I don't have as much control over what time we eat. But it's happening every each group of people tends to make dinner around the same time. And I think the reason for that, which someone my brother brought up, and it's, a, it's especially so on the East Coast, is 
we sort of just start making dinner when it gets dark. So in the summer, we eat late because oh. sunset's around 8. But in the winter, we eat much earlier because your day ends. It's dark at 3.30. So we're not, granted, we're not eating at 3.30, but that plays a factor because we're, we're out enjoying the sun until it's dark. And then the, the party in charge of making dinner makes dinner. We don't want to waste our, our daytime, our daylight cooking. So we end up eating dinner closer to 9. And then that's dinner. Um, I will say otherwise without, without taking over everything is that I, I think that, you know, to Pierce's point, everyone has eaten too much, too close to bed and not felt well. <laughs> yes. So there's something to be said. For, um, I might, maybe there's a possibility that I also go to bed later than you guys, or at least some of you that might eat on the earlier side. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not usually in bed before midnight. Um, and I also will say that at least in the city, I've, on Pierce's point, um, we've started a few times a really nice habit of going for an outdoor walk after dinner. And that is really nice. Um, you know, it's not really, I wouldn't call it exercise, but it's something to help you, you know, just kind of, I guess, digest um, yeah. without feeling like terribly bloated <laughs> um, if you've eaten like an American sized portion for dinner. Yeah, and, and that leads me to to Kevin. I think you were the most utilitarian in your food consumption, um, and I'm trying to balance the you know food for purpose eating. Well, that was when I was single, but sure, go ahead. Uh, all right. Well, so so imagine uh, imagine you're uh, still of that mindset, and and you're eating for a fueled purpose, um, balancing it with the uh, you know this maybe eating for pleasure. Like if you just ate a huge meal and went straight to sleep, and you had well, actually, like us, lived a pretty sedentary lights, lifestyle of doing work at your desk, which is right next to your... Uh, you're describing your... Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. So, but you're, you eat know, a bunch you... and immediately go to sleep. <laughs> we take a couple steps to our quote-unquote desk for the day, and we do work there. So that's pretty sedentary. So, so Kevin, mm-hmm. you know, when you, know, you were of that mindset of fuel for power, or excuse me, eating for fuel, eating for power, um, you know, how did you approach dinner? Yeah, I, for me, I do think that a lot of it, it's hard for me to look back and say, like, back in college, when was I eating or whatever, but um, I kind of went on, like, a lot of diets, sometimes to, like, a pretty extreme level, and so really, just, I was really hungry by the time work was over, and as soon as work was over, Mm -hmm. I, like, wanted to eat dinner, and my dinners were mostly prepped in advance, so they can be microwaved in two minutes so it was like i get home i pop in my room eat and for me it's mostly just about hunger i don't really take into consideration when i'm going to sleep so for me when i hear max i think i'm the only thing i think is like how can you literally not eat until three o'clock that like when i wake <laughs> up i need food and when i get and then i'm very hungry at six and i'm not really hungry after like after i have dinner i'm not like i i feel fine or whatever so yeah that Mine is more of this, like, primal instinct of, like, I'm hungry and I want food. I can easily go work days just forgetting to eat. It's kind of a problem. Um, yeah. Hunger doesn't really drive me to, to eat, typically. Yeah, so for me, I think it's at, when I'm just at work uh, or when I'm just sitting, I get, I guess, more bored. And that makes me want to eat. Whereas, like, if I'm – it's much easier. For, I don't get hungry in the evening because I'm – like doing a lot more moving around more doing more stuff and so i guess i don't Mm. notice it as much 
So, uh, so Sean, I think that you were you were alerted to to one of the items Kevin mentioned about like the the seemingly the ease of preparing dinner. Yes, and and so, so this is this is the thing that I I t- was talking about putting a pin in earlier, was that, in order to eat dinner at an earlier time, like what I think is the common stereotype, like the of the. You know, if you think of the family sitcom, like the dad gets home at the end of a work day and and dinner's on the table. You got to mention a, Mad Men if you're going to do this. I, sh- yes, sure. Betty Draper. Yes. <laughs> he, he he usually didn't come home though, but that's a that's it's, a, a, it's topic a good point. For a different time. Uh, that relies on someone whose responsibility it is to make mm. the dinner and have it ready by six o'clock. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but historically speaking, that responsibility has, um, stereotypically fallen on what is the word that I'm, oh, women, Mm. women, women, it's always women. Um, and so, you know, uh, that, that also grew out of a time when the societal expectations of what people of different genders did in their life like what was their their primary labor were very different from what they are now and uh you know i even we all grew up in a a time we certainly didn't grow up in you know in the time of like leave it to beaver but you know it it also wasn't quite where it is now where like uh, you know there there's almost been like a backlash to or there has has definitely been a, a strong and, and deserved backlash to kind of uh leaning on stereotypical gender roles uh and, and so so like Maybe in in a way, um, you know, part of part of like what Max's late dinner time also maps to is like everyone in your family has some thing that they do during the day, and and no one's primary r- role, right, is fully just like being a house mother. You know what I mean? A homemaker, so, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least for us, I think we, we usually wait until our work day is over, and then we have to go grocery shopping, and then we <laughs> yeah. have to cook dinner. Um, yeah, so that's, there are that's a lot of people in the bubble that are that, that don't have too much to do um, <laughs> during oh, the yeah. days right now, but yes. but, they, but, they're, but also their full-time role isn't to make dinner every night. We're, we're alternating. That's all, I, that's all I mean. Yeah, I guess what I would, for... In my case, um, the thing that is weird is that we uh, we kind of plan stuff. We do our grocery shopping like ahead of time so that we can then make it happen as soon as we want because that's when we want to eat. Sure. <laughs> Whereas Max is like, okay, we're gonna go to the grocery store and like I, I don't know. It's just a, it's a different a different set of planning that. Well, it's very happen. Italian. It's very Italian of, of, of Max. You know, we're uh, uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna lean into. <laughs> 
some some light nationalist stereotyping of people uh, not known for their embrace, their strong embrace of the strictures of time. Mm. And um, so, do you guys find yourselves able to like adapt to other other styles, or like if you wanted to, could you say like, oh, next week I'm so, just going to start eating dinner an hour later than I normally do? And like, do you think so, you would adapt fine? So, Kevin, you get to something there, and and it, it, you know, your your description of how you used to approach dinner and how Max kind of approaches it. Um, <clears throat> I realize that like. Part of it is is also that there is, and speaking of habits and what they do for you, and do they make you happy? Do you not really care? Is it is it just for fuel? Is it is it for enjoyment? Is it dinner as a production is is a focal point for for me especially? You know, I remember when I first started working and worked really long hours and and disliked that. But I was not someone who went out and, and got takeout a lot with, with as, as my coworkers did and, and everything because the production, as, as you put in, you know, you talked about Max, you know, planning what I'm going to make, Kevin. Like I might go to the grocery store only once a week but still thinking about, okay, on Tuesday I'm going to have this and this and I'm going to make this and it's going to be really great. So so part of it is 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 the purpose of that is not just – you know the pleasure of the food but like the pleasure of of the process and so that's a habit that i continue to to embrace and you talk about like uh you know maybe sean maybe there's a homemaker maybe there's not but like is there an enjoyment of the process and that's part of the thing that that i'm realizing for me to kevin to your question to move to something where i'm not enjoying the process that means that there would be kind of you know less enjoyment in my life because that is important. Even if I was by myself, which I was before, now I am not, I would still enjoy the process of making dinner because, you know, and, and Max, I think this gets to some things that you've hit on, you forget because you're at work and I am able to be like, I am done with work. I'm going to go make dinner in a way that lunch and breakfast, however that exists, doesn't really work for me. Yeah, I mean, that also works because you are a very process and not just process, but like you're a very ritual oriented person. I mean, I think, I don't think you would dispute that characterization. No, I mean, uh, we've, we've discussed before though that, you right. know, as far as breakfast goes with coffee, it's a ritualistic thing. I mean, I feel like we've probably devoted at least one episode to like every single one of your rituals at this point. I mean, why? I mean, we should, why not? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, so I mean, we shake out. I feel like we're largely shaking out in the place where we always shake out, which is it depends. Yeah. Is 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 the way we eat dinner stupid? I don't know. It depends. Yes. Oh, Max has a definitive well, answer. No, no, no. I agree. <laughs> to kind of go back to Kevin's question, like the answer for me is definitely yes. I could switch it. Um, we are eating in Maine later than we'd like. When Bridget and I are in Boston, we ta- we target seven o'clock for dinner time. Usually that means it's actually ready around seven thirty to seven forty-five, but we're we're aiming for seven, so that's a pretty big difference. Um, and I also know that there's different people, like my brother, for instance. Uh, his girlfriend likes to eat closer to five or five thirty, so they eat dinner then. But it's her dinner and his lunch, and then he just eats a much later meal, <laughs> closer to ten, which is different. But also, if it works for them, that's fine i guess because you're just kind of eating when you are hungry but also you're eating 
to spend time with with other people. Yeah, and you've also you've kind of grazed up against something that we haven't really directly addressed yet either, which is that I think that you can't examine dinner independently of the timing of the rest of your meals. So like if I eat lunch at 12:30, I'm probably not going to eat dinner at 9 p.m. But like yesterday, I ate lunch at almost three, max style, and realized at nine o'clock, oh shit, I didn't eat dinner. So like, so so mm-hmm. when you eat lunch, really, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that that I think is is more of a, a Kevin style, like when am I hungry, kind of approach. Yes, and I've also it's ironic because, um. Well, maybe it's not ironic, but um, as I've been working from home more, and especially up being up here in Maine, I find myself snacking more, mm-hmm. which is also you probably out of boredom. And yeah, it's it's boredom combined with I'm still at home. The pantry with all the food I bought is ten feet away. Yep. So yeah. it's it's I'm sure everyone's doing it, but that also pushes the meal back because, like Sean just said, you're you're not as you're not when you, when it's seven o'clock, you're not starving. You're like, yeah, I don't need to make dinner yet. Um, and my family also has a tendency around. Um, you know, cocktail hour to also have appetizers. We'll have you know crackers and cheese. Nothing super fancy, but there's usually or olives or hummus. There's something. So we are just kind of you know snacking, um, and that definitely also makes it so that nobody is hopefully totally famished at six p.m. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if there's one thing I've learned, kind of to your point, Max, it's like, yeah, have meals when you want, but. Especially in these confined situations, eat when you're irritable or when you're attending toward irritable or you're just being a jerk. Like that's the thing that I am. I, I just I just know for sure. It's like I should eat when I start to feel irritable in the day. Um, so <laughs> you're not so, you yeah, when I, you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think the you know, the awkward times thing is, is ultimately a function of, of kind of how we are we're engaging with with the world and and i am you know totally uh, sometimes 9 p.m makes sense i mean sometimes maybe uh you know i plan on staying up to watch a noon chorus concert that's gonna be starting at 10 p.m and i'm like oh well i should probably just eat later because i know i'm gonna be up later um but that's that is a personal thing and that is again like the balance of at least for me the the fuel and the enjoyment but ultimately i i find myself looking forward to dinner because it is the end of my day and there's there's got to be some like very human to to kevin your point very primal it's like i made it through another day let me find some small way to celebrate that yeah well actually as i'm I'm, really as i'm reflecting on it now i think that i've kind of got into i get into a pretty steady time because i have been doing it for so long but i'm kind of realizing that another problem with me is that uh i do plan ahead so much that i'm like okay when i wake up i'm like okay based on when i woke up or whatever like when are my meals gonna be and for me it's difficult when like (laughs) i go in with some expectation and then it doesn't happen like um like for uh when we did the when we had that game of thrones episode where we made the the chicken that took forever for me, the difficulty wasn't that like the Game of Thrones episode was being delayed. It was like, oh, I thought dinner was going to be at eight o'clock, 
and then it didn't happen and like i'm terrible at adapting to that situation because yeah well we know the independent variable in that scenario and that's uh, a discussion for a different time <laughs> some people don't like change yeah but okay so i mean really uh, I I guess what what ended up happening is that uh, is dinner fucking stupid is was a much more intriguing conversation than I perhaps expected it to be. So yeah. good on well, us. Well, I mean, yeah, Pierce is your existential crisis. <laughs> like, are we? Did we get anywhere? I feel no, that's the. I, so so it, it the, wouldn't be an existential crisis if you could solve it in twenty eight minutes. The final the final analysis is. I am happy that we all have find value in in our dinner practices, and I think most people do. As mammals, I think we're still fucked, but but I think that as humans, <laughs> as humans, uh, which is you know dealing with our humanity is very important right now. Um, I, I think as long as we're we're happy and not hurting anyone, it's usually good. Yeah. Okay. Um, eat less red. Me, or eat less beef, I guess. Eat less yeah, cows. Yeah, definitely less beef. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say eat more chicken, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say eat less beef. Yeah, we don't We don't need to be... We don't need to be secondhand buzz marketing anybody else. Uh, mm. You know, if, if mm. those companies want to pay us to say their slogans to the seven people that listen, uh, you know, holler at us. Uh, we will we'll take your money. We will be corporate shills, no doubt about it. I'm I'm gonna, I'll I'll, I'm comfortable taking that stance for this podcast that we are open to being corporate shills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, while we wait for for them to to give us a call about those uh, those big bucks, Max, uh, how far did you drive to get Chick Fil A once? Uh. I don't know the farthest I've driven for it. I've driven much further for um, White Castle. Oh, you're blowing it. All right, stop. Right, oh, my God. Okay. 30 minutes. Let's... Chick-fil-A's bad. <laughs> Chick-fil-A's food, bad, but you know what's really good? Pierce is sorry. What are you apologizing for today? Well, you know, here I was thinking this will be quick, so I'll do a longer one, which I'm still saving. I'm not going to do it today. But today's is it's much shorter, and I was reminded of it um, uh, the other day, uh, which is that – so when I was leaving my former apartment, uh, I had – for some reason I had this, this Tupperware container or you know some kind of plastic container of a bunch of coins – and there were like no quarters in them, so I just left them. And it was a bunch. I mean, it was a pretty big container. It was probably a quart, um, and it was mostly pennies, pennies, nickels, dimes. There. This was my thought process. There aren't any quarters in here, so I'm not going to take them. And also, now quarters don't feel very useful to me because there's not a lot of pay parking in the same way that you have in like certain cities. Um, I don't have to do laundry anymore in a coin operate thing, which is a really blessed thing and privileged thing, but a blessed thing. So I took this plastic container of uh, coins and I just left it on this high shelf in my former apartment thinking this is such a burden, which it was not, that I don't want to bring it with me because it just sits there and is full of coins. Now, I've tried to go to banks before and be like, hey, I want to turn in these coins. And I'm like, you have to roll these yourself. And I'm like, I don't have time for that because it would take, I mean, it would take in like an annoying period of time. But I just left them in there. Lo and behold, 
uh, I am sorry because I should have just used those coins for practically anything because there is a tremendous coin crisis in the United States of America right now, and we are short on coins. So I apologize to really America and anyone who uses U.S. currency, uh, especially like coin transactions. I mean, I guess you have to do a cash transaction and get the coins back and then be willing to spend the coins on something, which I feel like usually there is scorn if you try to buy something with coins that is not a slot. But there's a coin shortage, and that's a blind spot for me and not understanding that those are really important things. They do have value. You should use them. Uh, I am not. Are you sure about that? Because you did mention that there were no quarters, and really anything smaller than a quarter isn't even money. Yeah, we well, should get rid of everything that's not a quarter should should be gone. At this point, uh, I mean, should be anything like well, I, there's no reason to go below the dollar at this point. But there's 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 not given that uh, given that uh, so many people rely on tips and are being suggested to go back to work right now when there's a plague. Uh, Look, I, I we mean, we still we still very much we we still need quarters to play drinking games and decide what restaurant we're going to go to when we can't make up our minds and that sort of stuff. So sure, let's and let's not get rid of machines. all the coins. Yeah, but like that's you don't really need that. Like, I live in a building where there's a, a card operated, yeah, washer, and like places that have places that have coin washers could have non coin operated washers. It wouldn't be that crazy yes. hard. But you can't, it you can't really like. It doesn't make a lot of sense to like flip a debit card to choose between two things, <laughs> right? Yeah, think about how dumb yeah. that sounds. It'd be like flipping the giant Super Bowl coin they have. That flips like two times in the air. Which the inevitably they're in yeah, they are incapable of flipping and they somehow do it such that it doesn't actually flip. It just drops. I just like that they always have to describe like the the pictures on each side to suggest like which side is which because it's not obvious in the slightest. Yeah. There, like, the head side is this picture of John Madden eating a turducken without shirt on. <laughs> the tail yeah. side is There's nothing like watching one adult man try to explain what a coin looks like to ten other adult men. Yeah, you know what? While I think while, hold on. I think while COVID, this is we need this back. While tens of thousands of people watch from the bleachers, and a hundred million watch it on TV. I just want to point out that you <laughs> criticized someone, a grown person, for explaining a coin when we started this podcast by explaining what dinner is. <laughs> so I don't want to hear jack shit from you. <laughs> it's a public service, and as Max just said, it is essential. I, that's all I have for you. All right. So on that note, we will uh, we'll move on and we'll close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture. Uh, and... I uh, I just got a notification. This is this is gonna be really up and down. I just got a notification, uh, maybe twenty minutes ago from the Washington Post, uh, that eighteen years later, uh, they have finally indicted two men, uh, in the uh, killing of Jam Master Jay. 
the yeah. DJ for Run DMC, who was shot in a recording studio in, I think in Queens, somewhere in New York City. In Queens in 2002. There we go. So, good good news to hear that, uh, at least in theory, that his, his killers have been found and will be tried for that crime. Uh, uh, well, I'd, I'd hold on because it involves drug trafficking, uh, yeah, drug trafficking yeah, uh, and maybe him. You know, I, I was going to say the whole reason I said this is really up and down yeah. is that the reason given that they killed him is that Jam Master J ran a fairly large drug trafficking operation and mm. didn't cut them in. So mm. um, I think this all goes back to a really important idea uh, that that more people need to make sure that they take heed of on a day-to-day basis, which is never meet your heroes. Uh, I'll, I'll co-sign that one. It just, it, it really, it can almost only disappoint you. <laughs> so, uh, but either way, look, regardless of the reason, you know, if someone shoots you in cold blood in a recording studio, there there should probably be some level of justice for that. And so we can I, we can focus on the positive for now, at least. There you go. Um, and on that note, it's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the podcast feed on your app, device, whatever of choice. Uh, if you do that, please leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Matt. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.